Organizations and their employees know they need diversity on their teams, and they know they need to be inclusive of diverse personalities, thoughts, beliefs, and cultures. But despite all this knowing, it's the doing that's the hard part. Diversity, inclusion, and just overall cultural competency is a massive elephant to digest because it taps into the core beliefs of people as individuals. So how do you eat an elephant? The answer is one bite at a time. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to take the first bite of that diversity, inclusion, and cultural competency elephant by talking about the foundational core of it, diversity of thought, and why having varying perspectives is important to the overall success of organizations, including the greatest organizational institution of all, marriage. Paula Abdul and science has it right when it comes to romantic relationships. Opposites attract. Science is proving that the theory of opposites attract is not only true with magnets, but it's typically true with dating and marriage relationships as well. And my husband and I are no exception. He is super analytical and organized, and I'm more of a free spirit with a ton of ideas that I struggle to express in a succinct manner. He's more quiet, and I'm more of the one you have to ask to stop talking um, or yelling if we're at one of our kids' sporting events. Sometimes I can get out of control. He tends to say no, and I tend to say yes. And not only that, but physically we're different. He's 6'2 and thin, and I'm 5'5, five five and well, well, we'll just say big boned. So yes, opposites attract, except for the fact that they usually don't when it comes to the workplace and with teams. Now in romantic relationships, there are big emotions that are driving the connection between people that provide enough force to work through those opposites. Our love for the other person can usually overcome differences of opinion, personality traits, and the like. However, this isn't always the case with the workplace. When it comes to our work colleagues, we tend to have little patience or desire to overcome differences. And while we're mostly willing to work through differences and conflict with a loved one, we don't naturally bring that same attitude of cohesiveness to the workplace. We want to avoid conflict with the team, and thus we tend to want to hire and work with people that are just like us. We tend to avoid and even badmouth those that don't align with our way of thinking and working. So if there is a natural desire to avoid differences at work that can spark conflict, how does this behavior affect companies whose goals include diversity and inclusion? Just to make sure we all have an understanding of the concept of diversity and inclusion, let me define the different yet entwined definitions of both. Diversity in the workplace is about representation of varying personalities, belief, ethnicities, and cultures. Inclusion is about integration. Inclusion in the workplace means that all of those diverse personalities, beliefs, ethnicities, and cultures represented are of equal importance and value in the organization. Diversity and inclusion are popular goals and strategies being talked about in various organizations. And we all use the words (laughs) like we know what all it encompasses. But I don't think people in general truly understand the concepts nor how to live them out. So I think what we have here is a classic case of having a knowing doing gap. Organizations and their employees know they need diversity on their teams and they know they need to be inclusive of diverse personalities, thoughts, beliefs, and cultures. 
But despite all this knowing, it's the doing that's the hard part. Diversity, inclusion, and just overall cultural competency is a massive elephant to digest because it taps into the core beliefs of people as individuals. <laughs> so how do you eat an elephant? The answer is one bite at a time. Today, we're gonna take that first bite of that diversity, inclusion, and cultural competency elephant by talking about the foundational core of it, diversity of thought, and why having varying perspectives is important. And remember, this is just a starter conversation to prime the pump of our thinking when it comes to overall need for diversity, inclusion, and cultural competency. This is definitely not the full conversation. So today, we're gonna to talk about diversity of thought and why its representation and inclusion into the team is important to the overall success of organizations, including the greatest of all organizational institutions, marriage. You hear me talk all the time about Simon Sinek's concept and book, Start With Why. As he says over and over in his published media, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And Sinek isn't just talking about customers or clients, but employees too. If leaders fail to communicate the why, it creates stress and doubt. And as he says in his book, if the leader of the organization can't clearly articulate why the organization exists in terms beyond its products or services, then how does he expect the employees to know why they come to work? But when people understand the why behind what they do, they not only buy into it, but they become loyal to it. And what organization doesn't want loyalty from their employees? and their customers. So why? Why do we need diversity of thought within our organization and teams anyway? Why is the topic of diversity trending? Well, great question, guys. I'm so glad you asked it. <laughs> because my friend Simon says, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't help myself. As Simon Sinek says, knowing the why behind the what creates and maintains innovation and success. And that, my friends, every company wants. So why does diversity of thought within an organization or team matter? So leaders, let's get to the heart of why you should be intentional in seeking out diversity of thought within your organization and teams. I believe there are three reasons why diversity of thought is so extremely important in the workplace. First, the nature of our work has changed over the millennia, centuries, <laughs> and now decades. Second, you need diversity of thought for true creative problem solving and innovation to happen. And third, how a company promotes or represses diversity of thought reveals the health of its culture. Let's talk about reason number one. The nature of our work is way different than it used to be. The world in which we work is no longer about agriculture or industrialization. Our work today is focused on innovation, personal connection, and a global market. Now, let me explain. Let me explain how innovation, personal connection, and a global market tie into just about everybody's job everywhere. All right, our work about innovation is all about novelty and newness. That's what we want. We live in a time of abundance, and now we want shiny new things to experience. We no longer have scarcity, we have abundance. And with abundance, we want new things. But innovation these days is not just about taking something and engineering it in a creative way. Nowadays, it's about designing it with beauty and showcasing its solution with empathy and a story that will capture the heart of the global market in which it is now promoted and sold. So from baristas making beautiful artwork out of cups of coffee to high-tech vehicles for life, 
and luxury, we are all working to promote innovation and personal connection to tap into that global market. The second reason why diversity of thought is important in the workplace is in order to have innovation, you need to solve problems creatively. As Daniel Pink reminds us in his book, A Whole New Mind, we don't work in a left brain only society anymore. We need a right brain workforce to help us solve problems creatively. In other words, and yes, you're hearing it straight from an educator, those left brain SAT scores don't mean as much as having the skills to create something that will connect with people and go viral. So hello to the rise of the internet influencers on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Now, the third reason why diversity of thought is important in the workplace is you need to grow a strong company culture because as we all know well here at the Leadership on the Rocks community, culture always eats strategy. And nothing tells more about the health of a company's culture than how it promotes and represses diversity of thought within its workforce. So no matter the job, people wanna be seen and heard despite their differences. If differing people feel valued, you are well on your way to developing a strong company culture. Now that you know why diversity of thought is important in your teams and organizations, you need to understand the how, how to find it, plant seeds for it, and cultivate it so you can keep growing it. So how does one foster diversity of thought? Well, let's go back to the founding principle of almost all faiths and cultures, the golden rule. Treat others how you want to be treated. And if I'm guessing right, you wanna be treated with respect and you want to feel included and valued. Second, it's just common sense that everybody can't be doing the same thing. Therefore, everybody can't have the same thoughts or skill sets. The Bible speaks so clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 26, about the need for unity within an organization, but the need for diversity of people within the organization as well. And it uses the analogy of a body for the organization. Now, in this case, in the Bible, it's talking about church organization, but we can totally apply it to our work organizations. So let me read just a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to start with verse 14. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Moving to verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Moving to verse 24. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there would be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Third is building a culture of safety. When teams build a culture of safety where people can be vulnerable and bring their whole selves to work, you will notice a team that will produce better ideas and a team that will showcase innovation. And finally, have vision that brings unity. Whenever you have big vision and a strong purpose, you know, the why behind the what, it creates not only unity, but that strong emotion and passion that is needed to overcome adversity within your team. Always tie your team to the bigger picture 
and the bigger vision, because that will be what brings unity and allows for your team to overcome adversity. As Brene Brown says in her book, Dare to Lead, quote, we know that vulnerability is the cornerstone of courage building, but we often fail to realize that without vulnerability, there is no creativity or innovation. Why? Because there is nothing more uncertain than the creative process. And there is absolutely no innovation without failure. And then she continues to say that, show me a culture in which vulnerability is framed as a weakness, and I'll show you a culture struggling to come up with fresh ideas and new perspectives. So what does cultivating a culture that values diversity of thought look like? It looks like being intentional in seeking out varying perspectives to share their thoughts on how to get where we want to go and how to bring others along with us on that journey. Now, you know here at the Leadership on the Rocks community, we are all about thriving, not only in our professional lives, but in our personal lives as well. So I want to share a professional and personal example of what valuing diversity of thought looks like. First, let's start with the marriage relationship. Remember how I started this podcast talking about how my husband and I are opposites in personalities? Well, we are also opposite in how we think about things. In unhealthy relationships, having opposing points of view or perspectives might cause conflict. But in healthy relationships and teams that value diversity, it creates a better vision of where you are and how to get where you want to go. So again, what does cultivating diversity of thought look like? in a marriage this time. First, let me tell you what it does not look like. It does not look like ignoring or belittling the thoughts, ideas, or opinions of your spouse. It does not look like trying to control or change your spouse to become more like you. Now, it does look like respecting who your spouse is as an individual. And it does look like not only asking for, but appreciating and respecting your spouse's point of view because you know it helps you see what you cannot see. Let me explain with a story about a walk through the woods with my husband, Jason. So beyond personality or physical stature, I've come to realize that my husband and I have different perspectives or points of view and how we look at life. And it's the recognition of and appreciation for our differences that helps us have a great marriage. So a few months ago, Jason and I are taking a long walk through our wooded neighborhood park. Now, please realize I am nine inches shorter than him, so I am constantly trying to keep up with his stride. So during our walk, I'm head down, focused on keeping up, when he began to gently nudge me to the edge of the sidewalk. My reaction was less than graceful (laughs) when I responded, hey, why are you cutting me off? (laughs) Only then, at that moment, did a bicycle come whizzing past us, and I was like, oh. Jason responded with a smirk like he does and said, "Uh, you never saw him, did you? No, I never did. (laughs) My eyes were looking down and I was focused on my pace. As we continued walking, I suddenly noticed a disgusting half-eaten corpse of a mouse on the path right in front of us. Jason was about to step on it and it was disgusting. So let me just say I, um, quote, gently pushed him out of the way. He actually lost his balance and almost fell over. And then he said, what'd you push me for? And I told him, look, look at the repulsive dead animal that you almost stepped on. And I asked him, did you ever see it? And he didn't. So we continued our walk. We laughed about how both of us were paying attention to different things the whole time and how that truly aligned to our personalities and our natural perspectives of life. Jason is a planner. He's always looking way ahead. 
And me, I told you, I'm more of a free spirit. I'm a be in the moment kind of person. He's looking far into the future to see what's coming so he can prepare. And I'm all about what's happening now so I can embrace it. He sees the whole forest. (laughs) I see the tree in front of me. So after our adventurous walk, we couldn't help but think about how differing perspectives are needed in every relationship and on every team. Diversity of thought and differing perspectives add value and helps us to see even more obstacles on our path. Now let's take that concept from a marriage relationship and take it back to our teams and organizations. And who better to consult with than John Gordon and again, Brene Brown. John Gordon is a business leader, guru, and author of amazing books like The Energy Bus, The Power of Positive Leadership, and The Power of Positive Teams. And Brene Brown, well, I think Brene is America's therapist. She helps us all peel back the layers of our outer shells so we can be more vulnerable in identifying what causes us to put up our armor with others. Oh, and yeah, she's also written a couple of amazing books like Dare to Lead, Braving the Wilderness, and let's not forget her hilarious speeches on Netflix and her TED Talk. So again, let me ask the question. What does cultivating diversity of thought look like with a team or organization? It looks like, and yes, I am repeating myself so you get the point. It looks like unity with a strong purpose, safety, and all being able to bring their whole self to work, and intentionality in seeking points of view from different angles. In his book, The Power of Positive Teams, John Gordon agrees with Simon Sinek. He says that people are most energized when they use their strengths for a greater purpose, and that goes beyond themselves as individuals. And a team with a vision on a mission doesn't let division stop them. So in other words, when a team knows their why and greater purpose, they not only come to work with more energy and positivity, they come with more ideas. He goes on to say that connection is the difference between good and great. In other words, safety equals trust, trust equals creativity. The connection you have with your team members creates a trust and a bond that allows you to be yourself, speak openly without worrying about being ridiculed, And when team members are connected and have trust, they feel emotionally safe and feel like their ideas are being heard, they are able to do their best and most creative work. So the power of inclusion equals creativity and innovation. Okay, it's story time again, but this time I'm going to be kind of generic and talk about someone in the workplace. All right, there once was a team established to lead innovation within the company. The company never had a team to support the thought of innovation, yet the powers that be picked a few high performers, provided a few open positions to fill and said, now go, (laughs) go produce innovation in our field. With an important mission to produce innovation, but no clarity of vision nor strategy of how to get there, the leader of the team felt she was called to create something from nothing. So she thought long and hard about the mission she was tasked with, again, to produce innovation in their field. She thought long and hard about the why the company existed you know, to begin with. She thought about the company's mission and how her team could add value to the overall big picture of the company. She essentially established a smaller vision and mission for her team that directly aligned with the company's vision and the tasked mission of producing innovation. Then she thought about the greatest resources needed to accomplish innovation and the greatest resource was, you guessed it, people. She worked very hard to get to know her new employees, their backgrounds, their personalities, their families, and their skill sets, both those hard skills and soft skills. 
she immediately began the process of building trust within the team. She went first, you know, being vulnerable, sharing strengths and weaknesses of her personality and skill sets, sharing stories about her family and upbringing, sharing her conviction of the purpose and leadership and how her number one job was to support each individual team member so they could accomplish their mission and their own professional goals. She is the first to give praise to others and the last to seek it. As with all new teams, <laughs> anxiety runs high with team members not knowing the what or the how of the new mission. But being a good leader with high emotional intelligence, she knew their anxiety would be high. So through branding visuals, taglines, and training, she produced clarity in the why, how, and what of the team. As she shared, her team members opened up and shared. As trust was solidified, collaboration and dialogue grew. Her effective meetings always respected her employees' time, worked to build trust and collaboration, and provided clarity in how their innovative work was tied to the bigger picture. In her meetings, team members freely shared their successes and their current obstacles and failures within their work. Support was given and ideas for solutions were discussed. When it came to filling the empty positions, she analyzed her team's strengths and weaknesses. She looked at their personality types, hard and soft skill sets, and their backgrounds. While her research revealed gaps, it also developed the profile of the candidates her team needed to hire to supplement where her current team lacked. Now, without revealing her research, she asked her team members where the weaknesses and diversity of thought and skill sets were, and guess what? Her team members' answers aligned with her research. So she set out with clarity of what a diverse candidate that she needed to hire was in order to complete her team of innovation. Because of her intentionality with providing clarity of the vision and mission, tying their work to a higher purpose, building safety and trust within how the team connects and collaborates, and analyzing gaps in diversity of thought and skill sets, she built an amazing innovative team that is blazing trails left and right in their industry. Her team is not only on the right path in accomplishing their mission, but they are enjoying the journey and flourishing as professionals. Leaders, I know that diversity, inclusion, and overall cultural competency is tough. It's tough to understand and it's even harder to implement. So if you need somewhere to start, Start with diversity of thought. How can you develop on your team openness and safety to where people share and seek out different ways of thinking and analyzing of problems? Because no matter how different our personalities or perspectives are, they add value to the relationship, whether it's a personal relationship or a professional working relationship. So to say it another way, Instead of always pushing our spouses, our parents, our coworkers, or our employees to be more like us, we should appreciate their different personalities and ways of thinking because they help us gain new perspective. And new perspective leads to innovation. So the next time your spouse or coworker gives you a gentle pushback, don't automatically have a big reaction, but seek to understand their point of view. Instead, ask what they noticed from their perspective because while you see the tree, he or she may see the forest or vice versa. By gaining new perspective through the diversity of thought, you just might see or experience something you typically wouldn't otherwise. 
and be more innovative and productive, or as in the case of our walk in the woods, safer and cleaner for it. God bless. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, if you feel like this podcast is helpful, will you do me a favor and share it with your friends, family, coworkers, or anybody else who's trying to grow in leadership, but also wants to have that harmony between work and home? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. Remember, the most important rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 17 through 20. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body.